all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Hey there, your yard took a real beating this summer. Luckily, Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard has your back. Just feed your grass with Scott's again this fall when the air is cool and the soil is warm. It's the perfect time to give your lawn a boost. If you do, Winter Guard will give your yard the nourishment it needs to help weak, thin grass recover and support root growth, giving you a greener, more resilient lawn both now and next spring. Guaranteed. Grab a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard today. You'll be back to barbecuing in no time. This is a Scott's Yard. Hey parents, we all try to be extra careful with our children in the car, but then we get an important call or text. Remember, our children are watching. Make every drive a good example. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org slash B-I-T-Z to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Man show friend of the show joining me now, DJ Taylor, Cal State Florida Titans out of the Big West Conference. Only with us on the video stream, coach. How things out there with you guys in Cali, man? So far, so good. You know, trying to do our part and to stay healthy and stay, stay, uh, stay out of trouble for the most part. It's hot like it is everywhere in the country, but um, you know, it's good to be alive and it's good to finally, uh, finally see our guys. We start school on the 24th and um, we are moving into the apartments today. So uh, they, they'll do everything virtual, but they will move in. Some of them I saw last night, the parents and so on and so forth. So it's, a, it's an unusual, but a usual time. 
Most definitely. And, you know, I'll tell the story that on March 11th, this is my birthday. When the NBA oh. canceled the season, I was at the okay. Hawks-Knicks game, and I got the text saying, season was suspended. And from my birthday on, the world has changed for the, like, worse, probably. <laughs> you know? so, so how was it for you around my birthday, March 11th, with the team and trying to get the guys kind of corralled and this new non-normal going on? So how did you guys handle that uh, in March and ongoing? And make sure guys have good grades once the, for the last part of the semester there and go home safely. It's been interesting. Um, I think we were at a team dinner when the NBA decided to uh, cancel the season. In fact, we were watching, we were at a dinner, we were watching the game. They were warming up and everything, and they decided to cancel the season or, or not cancel the season, postpone it. And they were postponing that game. And so I kind of knew or expected that the tournaments um, would be canceled or postponed or canceled, really. Um, so we went ahead and we went to the, uh, to the, uh, to the hotel. Uh, we were supposed to play the next morning at 12 o'clock, um, but about 9 o'clock they started calling. Our athletics director started calling, and the conference called, and I kind of knew that they were going to they were going to let let things go. Um, so um, it's been it's been very very hard um, not seeing each other from a social standpoint. Um, but our team, like most teams, they responded. You know, they did everything online, and 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 they shut our school down. Our school is still shut down, um, but, but everything is virtual. Everything was virtual, so it was a, little bit, a lot of bit of an adjustment, you know, constantly staying on top of them, constantly Zooming with them, which is what we're doing, which is the new norm, um, but constantly communicating with them over some type of platform other than seeing them daily. And that was probably the hardest part for me, um, just not being able to touch them, not being able to see them, not being able to physically put my hands on them uh, in a good way. That, that was different. But like I said, most teams, they responded the right way. They did what they needed to do academically, um, you know, and they transitioned from all going to class to, to virtual, um, and it became a real, reality for them. And probably more than anything, they liked it um, because they didn't have to go nowhere. So, uh, but now, you know, the summer has been nothing, still the virtual, virtual uh, stuff, and they didn't even go to summer school. Um, you know, we, we needed to save our budget and save some things so we didn't do anything. We didn't let them go to summer school. They could have if they needed it to get eligible or so on and so forth. But uh, I think we had two guys, two seniors that needed it to, to maintain their eligibility and, and continue towards their degree, which we're excited is all get out about is all four seniors um, graduated. You know, they finished their classes and, and, and that. So um, like I said, it's, it's, it's been very unusual, um, but we've had to get used to it. Um, we've, we've done all of our recruiting for the 2021 or 2020 class through Zoom. You know, we had we signed eight new guys and six oh, wow. of them visit, um, but six of them we did all through Zoom. So we were we were some Zooming fools. Uh, Most definitely. Um, you know, it, it probably will pick up even more from a recruiting standpoint, seeing as how we can't go anywhere, we can't do anything, and and in hopes of the governor and the chancellor eventually uh, allowing us to do that. But uh, for the most part, man, it's been the new norm and, and virtual. Everything we've done is virtual. Same here, Coach. Like, you know, for me, I've been to downtown Atlanta to our studio since March. 
I'm doing yeah. this for my man cave in my basement here. So, <laughs> so I have not been downtown for anything. Like, honestly, I haven't seen downtown Atlanta in months because of the, the pandemic. I'm out here in the burb chilling, man. So uh, same on the radio yeah. side, too, man. <laughs> we, we just trying to virtually and make it. And for your yeah. guys, like, you know, I, I have a hoop in my backyard. So I, I, I can get shots if I want to. But for a lot of guys on your team, they're not fortunate enough like me to have a basketball court in my backyard. So how did you kind of manage guys kind of staying in shape to the best they can, get up shots if they can while things are locked down? Because I know you weren't the main focus, but they are basketball players as well still. So how do they kind of manage that uh, aspect of trying to get shots up, stay in shape, and not be so out of shape of it when you get back right now and just be like start from scratch? What we've done is, is we've, we've uh, employed our strength and conditioning coach, and he's working overtime. Um, he Zooms with our, with our team two times a week. And, and on that Zoom, he has two different groups, so at 9 o'clock on Mondays and at 10 o'clock on Mondays and then a team deal on Friday. But in between all of that, um, he's trying through, through Zoom, show them how to lift. Um, the biggest thing for me is conditioning, um, running, getting outside and running. And for a while, because of the pandemic and because of the social injustice more so, we weren't asking our guys to run or do anything of that nature. But um, they all, they're athletes. They're driven by the basketball. So it's, if, if a place was open in their hometown, whether it be a gym, whether it be open run, I know some of our guys are doing both. Um, and that's why we chose to leave them at home, so to speak, because they kind of had a routine um, that allowed them to do basketball stuff. Whereas if they came here, the onus would have been on us and we wouldn't have been able to supply them with their, you know, with, with a place to do what they were doing. So we left them at home as long as we could. Um, but they were sneaking in gyms. They were, they were going to gyms um, that were open um, and doing their deal, you know. And so I would check in with them on my own individually. Um, and then we had a team Zoom uh, every Wednesday. But then probably the last three, five weeks, we've been also doing a team stretch and, and stuff. So we've been trying to do stuff. Um, our strength and conditioning coaches, like I said, he's been working overtime, just staying in touch with these guys and trying to give them some sort of some sort of normalcy, if you will, um, with with doing things every day, the same thing every day, or something centered around um, basketball, the same every day. But they've been working out, or at least at least they've been saying that. So we don't we don't know, we don't know. You know we'll find out. I hear that. And, you know, I think this is a great time to teach these gentlemen about adversity because 2020 has been one heck of a year for us adversity. You know, we have the pandemic going on at the same time as the social uprising that's going on in our country. So how have your staff used this opportunity to teach these gentlemen about the adversity they'll face in their lives going forward? Because I feel like for me, being in my 30s, like this is where I had in my whole life, and I'm 33 years old. For them being yeah, 18, 20, some years old, has to be weird to how they probably have in their lives as well. So how have you and staff kind of used to teach these young men about adversity and how they can overcome the bad things that happen around them and still rise above it all? Um, I've been really fortunate, and, and I think our team has been really fortunate. And, you know, it's in that I am, before I'm a head coach, before I'm a coach, I'm a, I'm a black man. So I look at the information differently maybe than they do. Um, but as their mentor, as their coach, it's my job, in my opinion, to give them the information. And so on our weekly calls, um, I give them, I take the first 15 minutes and, and, and give them that information and try to do it unbiased as I possibly can. You know, not being black, not being a Democrat or Republican, 
you know, just, just give it to them straight, whether it be the pandemic, whether it be the social injustice, but just give it to them straight and trying to communicate with our guys and, and let them know, A, they have a, more, a mouth for a reason. Use it. Communication is something that we've talked a great deal about it. Um, more, the more and more I do it, I try and get them to say what they feel, what they think, um, and let them know that it's okay, whatever it is, no matter what it is. They could be mad, they could be upset, they could be frustrated, they could be happy, or they could not care, which is a lot of them. They don't, they don't resonate with that. They resonate with the fact that they're an athlete, they're going to become a professional athlete, they're going to take care of their family, and so on and so forth one way or the other. So they don't really resonate. And so um, we've had numerous Zoom calls at least once a week. We try to communicate with them. Um, we try to give them as much, or I try and give them as much possible information. And what they do with the information is 100% up to them. But I think it's my job to give them that information. And we've had some sidebars and some individual conversations with a couple of guys who have followed up on that information because it's touched them differently or and they didn't want to say it you know in front of 16 other guys what have you but I think it's my job to give them the information and then let them do what they will with it um, so we've been trying to give them that information um, in an organized fashion so that they can hear what's being said and then whatever they choose to do is what they choose to do but um, you know because of my situation they knew about it um, and I'm laying there by myself and one of the ways that I chose to operate out of the pandemic, out of the social injustice was, was through love. Um, you know, let them know that I love them. As a black man, we don't say that enough. We're super, super emotionless. Yes. I'm learning to be emotional. I think I thought I communicated with everybody, but there's some stuff that, that I shy away from. Um, but, but through love, um, I believe that it conquers all. And I believe that our, our team can conquer all through love. And so I've tried to express myself through love to them and to anybody that would ask me. Um, I come from a place of love. And then the second thing is just trying to be productive with the space, uh, with my team, with, with my friends, um, you know, whatever it is, if I'm involved, we're going to do those two things. We're, we're going to operate on love and we're going to try to be productive. You know, everybody is up in arms and saying this and saying that. Screw saying it. Let's do something. Most about definitely. It. Most definitely. And I'll share this with you, Coach. I've lost four sponsors since this the George Floyd incident because I've been speaking out using my platform. One point one million listeners from Chattanooga to Macon. I have a big platform. Not very many black men in the South have a platform big as mine. I have to use my voice to speak and help out the community. And what I say is, it shows me who these sponsors are who will drop me because speaking truth to power. Because once JR leaves to the State Farm Arena, my Hawks gear takes off whatever gear I have on, I'm JR, a black man in, in, in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, there's, there's no JR coach covers the Hawks or the Boxing Man show. It's just JR. And I could be anything I do sideways or off the, off the barrel one bit. It's my career. It could be my life as well. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. And, and trying to let, let our guys see that because my team is predominantly black. They look like me predominantly. I think we have one kid that's a Chinese kid um, that's on scholarship. And of the 13, he's one of the 13. The other 12 are black. And so trying to get them to understand that it comes with a certain 
um, onus. Like you said, when you take off all of your gear, when you, when you put all of that stuff, you're still black. When you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, you are still black. And then you go to work or you go wherever you put all of that on. But there's a certain obligation and a responsibility, in my opinion, that I have to them and that they have to themselves, their family, and whoever, whoever else that they're willing to you know, help. Um, they, they, they do have a certain obligation. And, and really, honestly, that's one of the things that we've talked about is trying to speak up. You know, so I applaud you and I applaud the sponsors that stuck with you um, when you speak truth to power. And it is nothing but the truth that we're speaking, but we've endured it for so long to where it's a part of who we are. It's our nature to deal with it. Well, we don't have to deal with it anymore. At least they need to know that it's in us and we're speaking about it. And we can speak educationally about it, or we can, you know, we can speak the other way about it as, as well. But in, in, in the same token, it comes um, from the same breath and it means the same thing. It, it needs to change. We need to change. And, and as much as I say they, I'm also looking at myself on this computer and I'm saying we. Most definitely. We need to change and we need to do our part so that if they do or when they do or putting pressure on them to do X, Y, and Z, we can be ready to take advantage of that. And I explain this, Coach, as well. Like, you're in your 40s, I'm in my 30s. We're probably the first ones in our family to be born with four rights on the Voting Rights Act, the Fair House, and that. We're born with four rights on paper. Now, of course, it's not equal for us because of the policing. But on paper, we, we're first of all, I think, to be born with four rights. My mother and father went afford the opportunity. They had, they had segregated schools. They had to be across the tracks before Darfur. They got beat, beat up by the whites. And so, for me... I have some things going for me. My parents didn't have me. I made more, more money in my life than my parents made in their careers because of what I've been afforded. But it does not change the fact that, hey, I'm a black man. The same challenges my dad and my mom have. I'm still here in 2020 today. I have to fight against them and speak about it for, to my listeners here in Atlanta and, and beyond because it, it's a time for us to change. It's only going to change we speak, we speak about it truthfully and we get us together and call us with our white brothers and sisters and our Asian brothers and sisters and try to become as one and get this, this all fixed together so we can all be equal as what they say on paper in the Constitution. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, I think, I think Will Smith, I think I heard him speak and say it probably one of the best ways that I've heard it. Um, racism is not going anywhere. Our parents have endured it. Um, we've seen it, but it hasn't gone anywhere from the time that your parents came into the, to the world, the before them, to after them. The difference now is that it's being recorded. Mm -hmm. So now people have to see it. You, no matter what, you have to look at it. It's, on, it's all, all, all the platforms, on social media, on the news. So you have to look at it, but it's still the same, unfortunately. It's still the same in a lot of ways. Now, there are a lot of, there are a lot of advancements. There's a lot of growth, but there's a lot of growth and advancements that still need to be made. And I think it's incumbent upon you and I to do our part in educating the people behind us, number one, but being productive, number two, in the space that we've been provided to continue to move the forward or move the march forward. And I've been, Coach, I've been so um, invigorated and inspired by, you know, what the response I have against is very positive. You know, the negative is yeah. what the negative is, but the fact that listeners actually understanding them guys, people saying, I didn't see it that way. Thank you for bringing this up because I didn't know my listenership, how they really felt, but majority has been very positive. But y'all, yeah. the sponsor who dropped, which 
God, God will deal with them later. You know, you know? <laughs> but I was, I'm so happy that people actually hearing the message actually want to change and learn more about it. So I'm going to be doing more with my listeners here going forward trying to get them more knowledge about race and what we go vote suppression here in Georgia that was in the news as well. So I'm going to use this show. It's a sports show still, but I'm going to use it for good and be it's bigger than me now. And just John Lewis said, make good trouble. You know, I'm in the Mecca of civil rights in Atlanta. If I'm in the right, right market for do this, then I'm going to do it here going forward. No doubt. <clears throat> no, I, 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 and again, I, I applaud you for doing that and for using the platform that you have. Quite frankly, I don't feel like there's there's enough of us that use it the way you are using it to let everybody know um, you do have an opinion. When you take that stuff off, you, you, you experience it. Um, and even when you put it on, you know, you experience it. So um, just the mere fact that we're talking about it and having communication about it, I think is important and I think it's necessary, but I think also a part of it is being productive, which you are doing by continuing to do your show, continuing to acknowledge your sponsors, um, but also continue to acknowledge your history you know, the, and, and your current situation. And then what is the game plan moving forward? What do you have moving forward? And, and what can people get in line with um, to help move this forward in terms of dealing with the racism, in terms of dealing with the social injustice um, that we're seeing on a day-to-day -day basis? And, and like anything, if you poll your audience, the percentages suggest that everybody wants that, not everybody, a large percentage wants to help. But we focus on and we have to focus on the negative, the percentage that doesn't want to help. And that's what draws our attention that because those are the people that have the, the those are the naysayers, but they have a lot of power. You know, if we recognize it, they, they have a lot of power. And there's there are more people like that than that probably I would have given credit for, um, especially being in here in California where everybody supposedly is liberal and everybody looks the same or not looks the same, but they act the same. And, you know, but, but, but I've been at a place like right down the street, literally less than, less than a football field or maybe a football field. There's a guy or a family, I think that, that, that flies a Trump um, flag. And I've never seen them. I've, I don't know who they are. And I, I make sure on my walks in the morning that I, that I go, I still go by there. Yeah, I know that I probably shouldn't, or I know that they have that, but I've made the choice that I'm going to go by there and I'm going to look for them. And I'm going to dare them to say something. Well, definitely. And coach, you know, I said to my sponsors here and anybody who was upset with me, I said, look here, I have a guarantee deal to 2023. If they fire yeah. me, they owe me a lot of money. And then so, <laughs> <laughs> so, I said, I have a good lawyer. So if I get fired, I they owe me what I owe me and then some. I have a bonus enough if I get fired. I'll say it on the radio. I didn't I don't care. I will say it because it's the truth. I said, I said, ask them my pull up my contract and see what it is. So fire me. But I'm gonna use this show for as I have for good. And I'm gonna make I'm, I'm gonna help with the voting and the hawks here turn out Iran to a polling place now for November. So helping suppression of the votes here in Georgia. So the Hawks are behind this and I feel like we're in a good space, Coach, and also you're part of Coaches for Change. We'll talk about it next. But we're in a good space. People want to help. And like I said, the 80% of people who want to help with, the, with what I'm talking about, the 20% got me lost some sponsors. But guess what? We still here. We still talking about it and doing it. You ain't stopping no show right here. We still doing it right now on the Boss Man Show. <laughs> Hold on. Last I checked, 80 was bigger than 20 anyway. So we'll roll with those 80. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, indeed. And you know, Culture for Change, which I was actually a little bit a part of on the board there, a big issue about part of them is getting people registered to vote. And Carmel yeah. Sorrell done a great job with the site. The site is amazing. And talk about yeah. how did you get involved with that organization and, and why did you want to throw your weight behind it as you all do what you're doing for young men, student athletes, helping them, educating them about life and what we have going on in our country right now? No, I think I think it's a it's a heck of a, a deal. The Coaches for Changes, the organization started some time ago when the un, injustice became uh, prevalent to everybody. I won't say it just started because it's been going, um, but it came became prevalent to everybody. And Carmen uh, sent me a text message after a phone call with the NABC that we had that we, that us coaches belong to, and he wanted it to be countrywide. He wanted it to span the West, the East, and the South and the North, and uh, he simply sent me a text and said, hey, I'm thinking about this. This is I'm thinking about starting this. Uh, we'll come up with a name, but I'd love for you to be a part. And, of course, um, I said yes. And it has blossomed in short order into one of um, the biggest things that I've been a part of as a, as a coach. Um, the Coaches for Changes, like you mentioned, the site is so informational. There's so much information. And that was one of the goals of the Coaches for Changes was, was we wanted to provide the athletes uh, with information so that they can make their own choice. Um, but in order for them to find that information, they had to dig through this and dig through that. Well, Carmen and his folks have decided to put that information on their website and, and literally all you got to do is sit there and click through this or click through that or click on this and you can get the information. And as you mentioned, one of the things that you will see, I think a lot of different coaches across the country are are trying to be a part of and starting to be a part of is the voter registration. You know, we are, we are responsible for a, a, a population of young men that are age eligible to vote. And so we're trying to make sure that they are one, registered, and then two, that they vote. Uh, I, think, I think one of the things that, have, that has come um, from the NCAA, but more so from groups as such that I'm part of, the Coaches for Changes, um, is that November 3rd will be a day that we will not do anything. We will not practice, we will not play, we will not do anything, and, and we plan to vote. You know, we're gonna use that time and use that space to vote, get the word out as much as we can. Uh, I'm a part of a probably three or four other different groups, um, and, and two of them had their phone call last week or their Zoom call, and that's all they were talking about, and most of them had the presentation on are we registered to vote? How to register to vote? This is how literally one of the calls uh, walked us through how to do it. And, and so if our teams are not voting, it, it, to me, it would truly be a shame. Um, and then I heard Steve Harvey say something um, this morning, I think, early this morning, he mentioned a group of people. There's 4 million 17-year-olds that will turn 18. There's 4 million of them. That, that were 17 and will turn 18 in time to vote, making sure that those, are re those, those young folks are registered, making sure that they vote, that they show up. And one of the things that, that we talked about last night on, on the call, and I had my parents here yesterday, but you know what that guy in the chair, the president is doing right now is trying to defund the United States post, post office, mm -hmm. um, and making sure that our votes are being discredited or discounted um, according to him. And so providing that information as well, we have to go over above and beyond to make sure um, that the word is getting out and that the message is being heard. And I feel like Coaches for Changes is one of the groups that is definitely doing that. Um, 
there's again, I can't, I can't even begin to tell you how much information um, that Carmen has amassed among the group. Um, whether it comes from the group, we give it to him, we show it to him, and he gives it to his, uh, you know, the internet guy, and he does a phenomenal job of getting that information out there. So um, it's it's something special, it's something unique, even something so much as the dates. You know, I think I think we're 85 days away from. November 3rd, actually voting on today. Um, but, but having those dates, you know, you, this is the date that you will get your early ballot. This is the date that you need to send it in by to make sure that it is counted on by November 3rd. And so on and so forth. All of that information uh, is on the site. All of that information is even at the, at the discretion of a, little, a couple of clicks of our fingers. But we're trying to make it as easily accessible as possible. And I think... Um, Coach Massiello is doing a heck, or Marcelo is doing a heck of a job uh, leading that group. Uh, Coach, I can tell you from firsthand experience. I requested my ballot on Wednesday. I sent my letter in to my foreman. It's gonna get there on Monday in Atlanta. I could have drove yeah. it over there <laughs> on Wednesday. <laughs> it's gonna get there Monday. So I know the yeah. it's getting slowed down for real. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is definitely uh, definitely doing that. And on one of the other calls, to, to your point. Um, one of the other calls that I was on yesterday, uh, we were speaking of a rep to a representative from uh, the Joe Biden camp, and we a I asked her. I said, "Hey, how do we deal with this? What are one one thing we do?" And she said, first and foremost, don't do what we normally do." And when she said "we," she put the air quotes: "We, us, me, and you, the people that look like us." We tend to wait. If it's due Friday, we tend to wait till Thursday. Yes. Midnight. Don't wait till that point. Let's get it. As soon as we get it, let's do it three, four weeks, and, and, and you should have no problem um, getting that information where it belongs. But like you said, um, one of the things that was mentioned was getting in a car and driving it over, you know, being a part of the leader, you know, being a part of, of that one of the groups, the leadership piece suggested that, hey, I'm a leader. I'm going to drive by or here's where I'm at. Bring your ballot to me and let me drive it over. Seal it, but let me drive it over to the appropriate place um, to, to make sure that you are counted. So um, there's all types of ways to be, to vote. Uh, and I think it's incumbent again upon us to do our part, to make sure that our vote is counted. And Carmen is doing that um, along with a couple of other, the other groups that I'm a part of that are, that are doing that. Well, I've been banging voting on the voting drum here since George Floyd happened, and I'm going to keep banging this drum here to November 3rd because Georgia is a swing state. It is now. Georgia is browning now. We're browning here in Georgia. Demographics are changing here in Georgia. So we have two cents yeah. seats up for grabs as well with Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. So we can get yeah. get that, get that, get those two. It helps in the Senate, you know, not to have those horrible judges that we go to federal court with rule against us and lose our civil rights. Yeah. So I've talked yeah. to people, it's bigger than just the president. The federal yes. bench as well, appropriations yes. as well, congressional district is all it's all intertwined together. State, local, yes. federal, it's all you know together. We have to take attention to it all because it all matters. Luckily in Georgia. No mass man they're here in Georgia, but it's one in California where you're at we call Governor Newsom. So if say Abrams won election, we would have a mass man here in Georgia, not yes. do what you want to. So it all matters. Local, state, yes. and federal, all matters, coach. It does. Just, just like I'm going to treat my team, and I've said this before, and I continue to say it, but, you know, when that stuff comes in terms of the, the local stuff, what we're voting on, 
it's incumbent upon me to give it to them, to tell them. Now, it's not incumbent upon me to tell them which way they're supposed to vote, but it is incumbent upon me to give them the information and tell them to vote. Now, how they vote, I don't care, I don't know, but as long as they do their part in terms of voting and their voices, voices heard, you know, it gives them permission to what we always do, talk trash. You know, it gives us permission to do that because we voted and we stood for something or, or like my junior college coach said, you stand for something or you fall for anything. Most definitely. I'll ask you about two of your former assistant coaches, man. I've had them on the show, Dane Sprinkle and John Smith. Great guys, man. You have a tree. So I know you're a good, great coach. You have a tree, man. We have a tree. You're doing something right. So talk, talk about your guys, man. How they doing, man? They're doing well. Um, I just came back from visiting both of them, um, you know, at their respective schools. And, and, and they're obviously one of them is in a different part of the state, but both of them. One of them is in San Luis Obispo, which is about a three-hour drive. Um, and we'll talk about John Smith first and he's because he's in our league. Um, so we're reluctant to share thoughts and ideas. But quite frankly, I mean, we are each other. We do what each other did when we were together, and, and I would expect anything less. So for him to go through his first year, and yes, he was at the bottom of the barrel, but he's experienced that. And I think that's probably why they both um, are now head coaches because of the experience that they both have. You know, the experience that we ex had here at Cal State Fullerton, we stumped the first two, three years. You know, we were not very good, but in short order, it was, it was a payoff that I think they were both their respective ADs will see uh, in no time. So it was good to see them both in their environment. John, John Smith at Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo, and, and uh, even, even Danny Sprinkle at Montana State. Like I was mentioning before we went on the air, it's, it's one thing to, to sit and be extremely proud of them, even though I'm younger than John. You know, it's, it's, I liken it to a father figure and his two sons, watching his two sons do what they want to do and be excited and still experience the trials and tribulations of what they're going through, but also experience the, 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 the excitement of doing it day in and day out. And, and some, of the, some of the things that we went through here at Cal, at Cal State Fullerton, they're experiencing um, on a different level. Um, and some of the, they, they've been experiencing the exact same thing. Um, but I think I, it's unique to see them in their confined, confined small areas because they're smaller than, than Orange County. Um, we could walk nowhere with Sprinkle, whether it was dinner, it didn't matter. Like it, it was all, hey, coach, how you doing? And, you know, it didn't matter if we were on a golf course. Hey, coach, how you doing? Blah, 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 blah. We couldn't go 300 feet without six or seven people acknowledging him as the coach. Um, and the same thing with John, you know, they know who he is, they know what to expect and they're, they're behind him, they're supporting him. So to see them in their own environment after year one and, and still have that support that they, they thought they would and, and even more, um, you know, I'm, I'm the proud father, I guess, as you will, and just sit back and marvel and, and sit back and I'm excited for those guys because I know what's coming through my experience through firsthand. Um, but seeing both of those guys was, 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 was is a godsend because, again, um, it's different when you see them as your assistant coaches, but now they're head coaches. And it's like, I find myself calling them thinking that they, we still work together. No, fool, we don't. They're, they're their own deal. They're doing their own deal and trying to get it right. So I have to be cognizant of that, but we're still really, really good friends. And probably the most important part is we're all still really good friends. You know, definitely. family still, our family still ask or check on each other and, you know, and so on and so forth. And so through this business, again, it's a way of networking, but it's a way of, of, of 
developing a relationship that matters, you know, as long as time is around, it will matter uh, what, what we're all doing and what they're doing. And they all know what they're required to do and they're enjoying it. Now, how was the coaching against John this year? How was the coach against him when, when he knows all your stuff, man? <laughs> so how was that, you know, all his stuff? So how was that? <laughs> you know, it was a little bit different. I think he changed up some of the calls and changed up some of the things that he did. Um, but, but like you said, he knew exactly, not only did he know, but then he also took his son who had been uh, part of our program and played for it. So I would call something and he knew exactly what was coming. And my point to our team was um, the competitor in me could care less about who it is down on the other end during the game. After the game, before the game, we're friends, we'll be cool. But during the game, I want to win. And so I, would, I chose to keep my stuff the same, to call it the same. Now it's a matter of can we execute, you know, but, but it was still different because I went to call something and his son was looking at me right in my mouth. And I was, I didn't even say it. I just said, hey, whatever you called in the huddle, whatever. And I wanted something, but I know he's looking at me and I know he knows what to expect. So it was a little bit unique. It was a little bit weird the first time. Um, but at the end of it, you know, I was upset that we didn't win. And then we did win. I was, I was happy. So, uh, you know, that, that, that'll never change. It doesn't matter who's across from me. I want to beat somebody's behind. Now, okay, so who has the, be who has the better golf game between all you three? <laughs> probably, probably Coach Sprinkle. Probably okay. Coach Sprinkle. His swing is very consistent and um, very, very, uh, very easy swinging guy. Now, who has the worst game? I know I'm Coach Smith. I'll tell you that, Coach Smith. <laughs> I ain't no telling what the hell happened. He might triple bogey a hole just as much as he birdies it. Um, and then the next hole, he might do anything in between. So um, we still have a good time and, and we enjoy each other. And, and, you know, it's unique to see men get together um, who have worked together and still feel as strongly as we feel about each other in the long haul. Yeah, see, golf is my bugaboo, coach. I can't get golf down, man. I'm terrible. I have this whole across my body swing thing working where everything goes left. <laughs> yeah. Well, you good then, because everything for me goes right. So we need to switch games. <laughs> Maybe. No, tennis court a little different. I, the tennis court, I can hold my own. But the, the, the yeah. golf course, <laughs> yeah. ain't, ain't nothing going for me right now. It's all left. No doubt. I chose to, to do golf because you hit the ball and, you know, you spend most of your time walking and looking for that little ball. Whereas tennis, I mean, it is full go, nonstop, and I refuse to get in any type of shape to do that, that sport. So my hat is off to you in the tennis world. I choose to just chase my ball. And if I can't find it after a certain time, I'll just drop another one. <laughs> man, hey, coach, I'm ready to catch up with you, man. This has been wonderful. Thank you for your time, man. I wish you all the best. And I hope you guys play on time this year, man. I know it's tricky out here with this yeah. virus and out in Cali, where this is Georgia, man. I'm praying for you guys. I hope you all can, can play. I know you all like to get out to play non-conference schedule and play ball, man. I hope you can get it done this year for real, man. No, I appreciate it, and, and, and I, too, hope we can play at some point or play on time, um, whatever it is. My biggest thing is just be safe and being healthy. Um, that's all I care about right now, and, and you know, it, it'll probably, it probably won't change. It's being safe and being healthy. So I wish you the best. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for allowing me to come on your show. Um, enjoy myself. You know, it's like a conversation when we get together. It, nothing changes. So uh, I appreciate it and look forward to the next time. Anytime, Coach. Be safe, brother. Talk to you real soon, man. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks again. All right.
hip hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh. Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan, for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. When you're a teen, you finally get to make some of your own decisions. Who are you going to hang out with? What do you want to be? Are you going to glance at that text while driving? Remember, a split second is all it takes for something tragic to happen. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org slash B-I-T-Z to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer, all the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby. And it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the livest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only five dollars after great food we got drink specials we got all kind of games man we got the pool tables popping whatever you want we got you man come on out have a good time with us each and every saturday night that's clicks sports bar memphis thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.